Good morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I'll be your host on Wednesday mornings from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. You know, sometimes towards the end of the show, I always kind of uh, forget how I sign off, but somehow, miraculously, between my two shows, I get my, my openings for both shows right. It's always... Uh, at least I'm not totally forgetful, though truthfully I'm actually pretty good with memory. But good morning, folks, and thank you for joining me here on Bites. We got a nice, uh, I would say a nice long episode, but the truth is we, we have two hours every single Wednesday, and it's the same length every single Wednesday. But some just feel longer than others. I don't know, but we got two interviews for you this week. Joanna Shepson joins the program at about 9.30 or so, where she will be talking with Lewis and I uh I hope I get the name right Lewis Weinger he is the he's an Olaf from New York he is a uh, very unique party and event space in Israel right out of Gush Etzion. that interview will run at again again 9:30 or so you'll want to check that out 10 a.m. it's Tova Knecht with Shai Jaskol of United Hatzalah in Israel we obviously know what uh, we've heard a lot about United Hotel and their great organization, and you'll want to tune in for that again. 10 a.m. Eastern. That begins hour number two here on Bite Size. And usually in this this uh, little opening, we uh, kind of discuss kind of funny things that have gone on, something that just, you know, I'd like to discuss for, frankly, five minutes or whatever it is. And uh, this week, it, a lot of it's weather-related, and, uh, you know, I said last week how I refused to... Whenever, what at the time it was last week, so Friday I was gonna like not leave my apartment because it was under thirty degrees, and the first time it's under thirty degrees, I refused to leave my apartment, and uh, I actually ended up leaving quite a bit. Just I had to take care of so many little things and and returning packages, and I always have to go visit my nephew on Sunday on Sundays, excuse me, on Fridays if I can. So uh, left my apartment for those reasons, but otherwise. Freezing, freezing cold, but uh, we got a good week ahead, I think, with weather. I actually made I made a big Amazon purchase, which uh, I guess, uh, you know, thankfully for myself and I guess my parents, I, you know, I, I I don't usually like to spend a lot of money on things for myself. I don't know. I just usually don't, but I, I needed to uh, update my winter wardrobe. I, I need, I, you know, I have this winter coat, but I really need a second winter coat that, that's, I have like a pea coat, but I need a winter coat for for rain and snow and you know, I always tell my friends and, and really I tell y'all that the worst weather for me is forty degrees and rainy because A, I have no outfits for it and B it's just miserable. And the combination of both is just terrible. So I had to, you know, update my wardrobe for that weather accordingly. Um, you know, a little new sweater, winter coat, some some shoes. And that's the thing, right? When I when I click shoes on Amazon, it, it's one of what's one of those things uh you might not know about me is I, I love shoes. If you know, one thing one day, when I make a lot of money in this world, and I build a new house, I'm going to have just a closet for shoes. I love shoes, and and uh, you know, I, I it's not like I have so many. I, I have a solid amount, probably too many for for a guy. I like to change my shoes up. You know, I think shoes are a, a stylish piece, and can tell you a lot about a person. And uh, so I I have my fair share of amount, but I you know, in my in my small Washington Heights apartment, it's tough to to have all my shoes all over the place, and uh, you know, I don't have a big closet and me being the I actually am the only out-of-towner in my apartment out of town being outside of the New York New Jersey area and um 
thankfully also in my apartment there's there's plenty of closet space but i need literally every single piece of of thing that i really of life of of clothing that i own is in the new york area i don't have anything at home um especially after the hurricanes literally i have nothing at home so uh like i need i just i need closet space i need you know three closets worth and i need some space for my shoes and my this and that anyway this whole amazon order i i ended up purchasing i think like nine different things for x amount of dollars it was a lot but i'm already i think i've returned four things by now so that was kind of what my friday was but um anyway that's my 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 opening story for you uh this week we uh usually at about 1050 or so you you uh at least for season six you hear from miriam and myself but uh this week it, it does not appear it is happening so i apologize for that we'll have to move is that a thing to next week so we've had some great feedback about it early on this season but we'll be back with it next week barring something unforeseen i don't know i guess we had something unforeseen this week so you never know um but it's wednesday it's bite size and that means we got some great music great interviews and we start things off this wednesday with what we do every wednesday mahapecha shel simchan bite size right here on the nachum single network
Shuv Hashem, here we go now, here we go again. Oh, Yinu, Yinu, Kachol. It's like you're sleeping, sleeping. Ozimol, Eiserek, Pinu. There's a smile deep, deep within you. Boom, Shenei, Nuri, Nuri, Nuri. This song's for Singerina. Here we go, now here we go again Oh, Yinu, Yinu, Kacholmi It's like you're sleeping, sleeping Ozimol, Eiser, Ekpino There's a smile deep within you Pulcheneino, Rino, Rino This song's for singing, Rino Why wait to celebrate? Meiro, Yishoma Bright lights and city streets Ore, ore, Yehuda Bottom of the hour here on Bite Size, the Nachum Seal Network. It's now time for Joanna's interview with Louis Weinger. He's an Ola from New York. He has created a unique party and events venue out of his home in Gushatzion. I will let Joanna take it from here. Thank you for tuning into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Seal Network. Thanks, Yoni. So I'm sitting here today with Louis Weinger. Hi, Joanna. How are you doing? Great, great. I got to meet Lewis because he runs one of the most unique party and event venues and uh, just outside Jerusalem. I want him to tell us a little bit about it and also a little bit about his story and how he ended up moving to Israel and doing what he does today. So, Lewis, tell us a little bit about what is Villa Herodian. Villa Herodian is an event space for day or evening events, uh, not sleeping, and it accommodates up to 75 people, maybe 100 if it's a cocktail reception, but for the most part for like sit-down buffet lunches or dinners, like 75 people. It's beautiful indoor-outdoor space. We have a private swimming pool, large grass area, lots of fruit trees. And what makes it unique and special is that a family could come, you rent the place for the day or for the evening, and it's not just a place to dine, it's a place to really experience. We have tremendous unobstructed views of Herodian National Park and the Wadi, the Judean mountains. On a clear day, you could see parts of the Dead Sea from 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 the uh, Villa Herodian, and it's just it's it's a very special experience, and you really feel like you're in the desert, but it's only 25 minutes, 30 minutes from Jerusalem. It's so funny because the first thing I would have mentioned when describing it is the desert view, which to you, you wake up every day with that view. That's your regular view. But it's an incredible experience because you're in the garden there and you're overlooking the Judean desert. And there's nothing more unique and Israeli, you know, about that. It's just an incredible place to have a party. So um, now tell us a little bit about the place where it's located, Tekoa, and what brought you to Tekoa? Tekoa is a yeshuv of about 600 families, and we moved there seven years ago, and we built the house from scratch. We bought a piece of land, and we, we designed it and custom designed it to accommodate groups for, for events. And where were you living beforehand? We were living in Nakhlo for one year, but we're originally from Riverdale, New York, and we made Aliyah seven and a half years ago. And, you know, on our journey, Lech Lecha, we, we heard the calling, and we decided that we wanted a different life. We have four children. Now our oldest is 14. Our, our youngest is eight. So when we came here, they were all young, and we wanted them to grow up as Israelis. That's beautiful. And did you choose Gush Etzion for any specific reasons? We, we, we chose Tekoa because it's, it's magnificent. It's a very uh, eclectic community. Um, it's... Uh, 
religious and not religious mixed together and everyone gets along. People aren't judgmental. It's a very friendly, warm bedroom community where the kids, my six-year-old would take his bike and go to shul and go around to his friends himself and we didn't have to worry. It's a gated, secured community, excellent security. And it's so close to Jerusalem, so we could pop in, go to the old city, and uh, it's very, you know, it's just very convenient. And there's English there because I really don't speak much Hebrew, so it's uh, my wife's fluent, so it works for her. And uh, we just wanted a community that it was both religious and not religious. So tell us a little bit about some of the events that you've had so far at the Villa Herodian, and sort of which parts of the house and the the villa did they use? So we've had um, like. Mostly, it seems that the events that people are most attracted to come to Villa Herodian are like bar mitzvah groups, let's say 30, 40, 50, 60 people. They're coming, they're, they're staying in Jerusalem, they're staying at the King David, at the Citadel, one of the nicer hotels, and they want to do like a big fancy uh, party in the old city or close to the old city, overlooking the old city, but then they're here for a week and they want something really special to do with their family, their close family for like an afternoon or evening. And what we offer is we offer a whole experience. We have a bonfire, the kids are roasting marshmallows, they're running around the grass, the adults are you know, just relaxing and enjoying the beautiful view. When you're inside the home, it's all windows, so you feel like you're outside and you can feel like, so older people can feel like they're part of the event. The, the flow of the event is, is great. So really, it's indoors, outdoors, and it's uh, it works for you know all kinds of groups. So I remember seeing pictures of a, a family group, and it looked like there was like an older member of the family that they were celebrating. Yeah, it was a birthday party uh, for a uh, a mother that just turned well, grandmother, great grandmother that turned ninety, and so her four children threw this great party, and we had like seventy five people there, and there were babies swimming in these kiddie pools that we set up, and we had thirty people in the pool, and there was this gourmet barbecue going and there was a bonfire and guitar singing and the whole event then they had a video presentation inside towards the end of the night it sounds amazing because it sounds like it's what what Villa Herodian does is give you a very homey feeling and it could be a mess in someone else's home, <laughs> not in your own. But to have all your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren surrounding, surrounding you and, and enjoying. Right. right. So we've done several uh, bar mitzvah parties where um, the family just wants to get together. You know, they come in shorts and very uh, comfortable and very relaxing. It's like a chill evening with the family while they're while they're staying in Jerusalem, something different. I remember one of the uh, one of the uh, this uh, this this bar mitzvah boy Ezra from Cherry Hill. He's like, Mom, this is perfect. As soon as he walked in, they ran out, they jumped in the pool, they played miniature golf, and the adults were just sitting down on the couch, inside, outside, walking around, just enjoying the view, going down to the fruit trees, looking at the different fruit. We have like fifteen fruit trees, and uh, it's a very spiritual place because you're overlooking. A very historic, the biblical heartland of Israel. You know, it's like uh, the Herodian Palace is significant in so many ways, but the whole uh, wadi is a place where Jews, you know, on their way from like Herodian to um, to Masada, they were like fleeing the persecution after the Second Temple period. You know that there's just a lot going on, and so you really feel it like in your bones, and the experience of just seeing it is just. It's it's special. So if people want to plan a day, they can also add on to that sure. a tour of Herodian, which is an it, it, attraction in itself. 
for sure. They, there's a lot to do in the area. Um, a lot of people go to Herodian. Some people are into the, the shooting range at uh, Magnum 33 on the other side of the Gush. is only like 15, 20 minutes away. There's Deerland Park, which is the second largest uh, zip line. There's a place for ATVing. If they want to go ATVing, we're going to have 15, 20 ATVs delivered to our villa. Oh, I they, love that idea. And they can go down in the wadi, supervised, very safe, no, no problems at all. Or there's horseback riding that they can do in the wadi, in the mountains there. Um, the local mountains, not the... The mountains that you see are the Judean mountains, which is actually Jordan, which <laughs> is after the Dead Sea, you know, the panorama. Very special. So it sounds like there's really a lot to do, and it's really a unique way of celebrating, whether it's a bar mitzvah or a family gathering or even a corporate event. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No question about it. They can, uh, they can spend the day in the museum. You know, summertime, it gets dark very late. They can spend the day in the museum and tour around, very busy itinerary, and then they come out for a barbecue, for swimming. You know, the pool is warm and beautiful. And so how, and which months of the year can you actually swim? Because Tekoa is a lot warmer than Jerusalem. You know, we were swimming, well, at night it gets chilly, but um, we were swimming till the end of October this year, and we started in March. So basically, for, if you do an event from Pesach to Sukkot, you're safe to say you can swim. And, and after that, you're safe to have events even where people are inside, outside. Yeah, for sure. We're doing an event next week. They're going to be inside because the weather's going to drop, they say, next week, 10 degrees. So we're planning they're going to be inside. But they, she said, I still want to have the bonfire. still want the kids to be able to roast marshmallows. And that's a very special. And they're going to have guitarists. And, you know, you do a sing-along. It's, you know, it's, you come from the big city in America, New York, New Jersey, wherever. It's like, it's, it's, it's special, you know. It's like instead of renting a restaurant, and having your, you know, your intimate family members the day before the, your, your big bar mitzvah event, instead of going to a restaurant, going to a banquet hall, or going to a place that's just kind of four walls, this is special. It's the, the whole feeling of being outside, experiencing Israel, and doing something fun and casual. It's great. And what do your kids feel about when people come and invade their home? You know, it's, uh, the place that's available for rent is the downstairs. We have the bedrooms upstairs. Because this is my home. I don't know if we mentioned that. <laughs> and uh, fine, my wife takes the kids and they go and they go stay in a hotel for the day. So they're happy. They go on a little teal. And uh, they, they, they see that I enjoy it so much to bring people to like my home, to open up my home to guests. And coincidentally, we live, uh, the street, the name of our street is Hakna Sarochim. Oh, that's very nice. So it's, it's all from Shemayim. It's all from Shemayim. Just a, a story on how we got the piece of land. Because we're like late in Tekoa to be able to purchase such a choice piece of land. We have like a dunam and a half. So it's very unusual um, that someone can come in this late. But it was all, it was all from Shemayim. I tell people, as a, joking around, it was, my, it was like a bonus from Hashem because I quit my job and I, I moved here. So it was a little bonus. So. so I imagine your life here is very different than what you used to do sure. back in America. I was uh, CFO of a real estate brokerage company in Manhattan for 13 years. You know, a pretty intense uh, responsibility job. And before that, I was living in Los Angeles. And actually, I had an event business that I started many years ago, and it was more like outreach kind of parties to uh, bring together unaffiliated Jewish singles, actually. The truth is that it's something that's necessary here, too. Yeah, it's so, not uh, now, but it's uh, <laughs> for sure. So I've always like loved to throw events, and to me, I'm a perfectionist, so like anything to do with the event, it's going to be perfect. It's like the reviews have been, you go to my Facebook page, the reviews for every event that I've had, it's just, they're like, wow, this is spectacular. So it's just getting the word out. It's, you know, it's new. We've opened, you know, only six months now. 
And uh, it's very exciting. This is very exciting. And for all those listeners out there, you can email Lewis by emailing Villa Herodian. Make sure you spell it right. V-I-L-L-A-H-E-R-O-D-I-O-N at funinjerusalem.com. And um, if you check out our blog that we will write a blog about Villa Herodian, you get to see some of the pictures because as much as Lewis can describe the view, the, the pictures are incredible. And you can also check them out on Facebook. Just search Villa Herodian and you'll see some, some amazing videos. I love the special, the video you did with the drone. Yeah, it was great. It was incredible. It was it's a good use of a drone, that's for sure. Right. All right. So for all of you listeners out there who are looking for something really unique with a homey feel for a special event that you've got coming up, contact Lewis. And uh, Yoni, you're invited out for our tea next time you come to Israel. Thanks. Now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Lewis. Again, that's Lewis Weinger with that unique party venue called Villa Herodin. And you could check more of that out if you want to listen back to the interview or at funinjerusalem.com. Contact Joanna at funinjerusalem.com and she could, uh, you know, introduce you to Lewis if you're interested in that space or plenty, plenty more around the land of Israel touring events, etc. Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. We have plenty more coming up on Bite Size. Back to some music here on the Nahum Siegel Network.
לא לפחד, השם אלוקיך הולך איתך, עם ישראל לא מפחד, השם אלוקינו השם והעיקר לא לפחד כלל, ומלמעלה הוא שומר, שר ואויב לא יתקרב, אך לאח ויד ביד, ישראל זה עם אחד, ומלמעלה הוא עוזר, שומר שומר
עבר, עוד לא קרה שיום חזר, מה שהיה, היה ונגמר, מה שיהיה זה כל מה שנשאר, מה שהיה אתה מנשלם, אתה כבר לא הולך לשם, מה שהיה, היה ונזכר, מה שפתוח זה רק המחר
just about 10 a.m. here on the east coast of the United States of America in New York City on the Lower East Side. Yeah, we're back here on Bite Size, and it's uh, time now for Tova Connects interview with Shai Jaskal. Again, Shai is the he is uh, with United Hatzalah in Israel, and obviously everyone has heard a lot about Hatzalah, but here's uh, Shai's unique unique story with how he got started. At United Hatzalah. Here's Tova with Shai right here on the Nakam Shield Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in the beautiful new United Hatzalah headquarters in Yerushalayim with Shai Jaskal, the Director of International Operations at United Hatzalah of Israel. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So, before we hear about all you do uh, at United Hatzalah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your Aliyah story, maybe? Absolutely. Uh, I, I would say, probably similar to certain people who've moved to Israel, I've done this twice. My wife Shoshana and I originally made Aliyah two weeks after we got married back in 1998. And we were in Israel for a little over two years. Our oldest was born here. And we went back to the U.S. for both educational and also work opportunities. And I would say our second Aliyah, or what we now explain in, in short as our true Aliyah, was 10 years ago, 2007. And um, the rest of uh, our family has grown and been been extended since being back in Israel over the last 10 years. Beautiful. What made you decide to come back to Israel? Uh, her name is Shoshana, <laughs> and um, you may have heard of her, but uh, she's a wonderful and also very strong woman, and with that, uh, it's something that after daily conversations, um, mm-hmm. my eyes were opened about the importance of uh, Israel, which I wholeheartedly do agree with after being here for the last 10 years. So you're in it to I'm in it to win it. Amazing. Okay, so you have a medical background, I'm assuming, because otherwise you wouldn't be working at United Hatzalah. I actually do. The interesting part is some of the people who are part of this organization just want to help out, and they just love the organization, and they use their skills in social media or their literature writing skills, grant writing, or PR skills. But actually, my background that's probably most appropriate is uh, starting as a teenager in New Jersey, volunteering on the local ambulance in Teaneck growing up, and then ultimately working in, in uh, a large hospital in Newark, New Jersey, for University Hospital in management. Those are the experiences that uh, I would say probably connected the most to coming to Israel and ultimately getting a job here at Hatzalah. So uh, since I've been in Israel in 2007, I reached out to Eli Beer, who's our founder and president here at United Hatzalah. And while we've known each other in the past, I mentioned that I was coming to Israel with my family and I wanted to volunteer based on my other my other experiences prior to being here and his answer was amazing immediately got back to me and literally within a week of being here I was connected with the local branch manager volunteer manager in Beit Shemesh where I live uh-huh. and he even before that Rosh Hashanah already had me signed up with equipment and uh, the ability to save lives it was a wonderful feeling of being able to immediately continue something I love to do at the same time, do it in a way that was not only helpful, but also, I would say, um, quite painless and less bureaucratic than many experiences here in Israel tend to be for us Americans or Anglos. Uh-huh. So you've been doing this for 10 years in Israel? Okay. Correct. I've been a volunteer since returning 
uh, in 2007 with United Hatzalah as a medic and EMT volunteer in Beit Shemesh and anywhere else across the country that there's a need. Uh huh. Okay, and also recently you spearheaded some uh, some type of training program for GAP students called NREMT. Yes, absolutely. So one of the opportunities that's been identified by Eli is that there's so many wonderful young men and women who come here for a year abroad after high school or sometimes even later on in college or postgraduate experiences, and they want to do good. They want to work with us. They want to volunteer their time. Many of them actually have medical backgrounds, but there was no way for them to involve themselves or become part of our team. And likewise, everyone who's here loves to gain from our experiences, unfortunately, from all the, the significant events that happen in this country, right. and then use those experiences when they go back to the U.S. So we found a way, working with a large uh, organization in North America called the National Registry of EMTs, and they have a national certification that's recognized nearly in every state across the U.S., and we're one of the only programs abroad outside of the continent, continental U.S. that actually offers this program and certification as if the student was sitting in New Jersey or New York. That's amazing. And when they go back, they could then join the local volunteer ambulance. They could join the local college campus uh, uh, ambulance service or join a local Hatzalah in the community that they live. Or decide to stay in Israel and work for United Hatzalah. <laughs> we're, we're a big advocate of that, and we okay. do actually make that quite uh, that transition very simple. So their certification will then be dual certified Israeli and oh, also right. American for those maybe trips back to visit people who uh -huh. have not yet moved, obviously, yeah. um, or for those who stay here full time, they will be able to use that certification and be certified and help in either country. That's incredible. Okay, so United Hatzalah. That's okay. No, it's okay. Okay, so United Hatzalah. Who, who does it serve? Let's start with that. It's a great question. So I think um, by the name itself is the best way to describe who we are. So we're United Hatzalah, which actually does two things. It unites all volunteers throughout the country who want to help and provide a web of responders from the northern tips down to a lot of Israel. Uh -huh. And we're able to provide the service that's, that could take care of anyone in any part of the country immediately with free, fast, professional medical service. We actually have over 3,500 volunteers wow. spread throughout the country, responding to about 900 emergencies a day as volunteers. 2017, our projection is to hit 300,000 responses, which would then be um, our most busiest year to date. Yom Kippur, which just passed a month or two ago, we actually hit over 1,000 responses. On Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur itself. Yeah, people always ask why that is. It's either because the people who fast obviously are dehydrated or having uh, complications from fasting, and those who do not fast, they take advantage of the very quiet roadways, On their, riding their bikes, bikes, motorcycles, skateboards, and have the most complicated, interesting Injury? injuries oh, because no. of those those access points to the roads that they normally don't have. So the second part of United Hatzalah is essentially we're uniting all types of people for that common goal. So we have volunteers who are ultra-religious Jewish and ultra-religious Muslims and Christians, men and women. And then we have people who are unaffiliated or more traditional in their beliefs. So one thing this organization or this Hatzalah, while all Hatzalahs across the world do amazing things, they're all partners of ours, we coordinate and have joint training and um, 
collaboration. Yeah. Here, United Hatzalah of Israel is the one that provides this service, and you're able to volunteer and work with teams from a cross-section of Israel. Essentially, Israel's represented in our organization. Are there, there, so there are women responders also? We have female doctors, paramedics, and EMTs who respond every day to emergencies. That's incredible. Even in the most religious Jew- neighborhoods of Jerusalem, uh-huh. um, to the most secular areas outside of Jerusalem, it's completely based on medical ability yeah. and availability to respond. So if someone has the knowledge and they're certified and recognized by the health ministry and they want to help, we want them. Then United all accepts them. Amazing. Absolutely. So the response time with so many volunteers, what's your like average response time to an emergency? Right. So um, Ellie Beer shares a story that, that I've actually heard him uh, recently share with people over Sukkot. Uh, he, had, he had a dream. And unlike others who had a dream before him, his dream was very similar as far as a vision that many people were, were not seeing initially. Uh-huh. So um, his dream was to start providing medical services within 90 seconds. So from the time the phone call rings until the first person with medical training walks in the door, no more than 90 seconds should pass. So people truly thought he was crazy. These are his words. (laughs) And we're so blessed to say that his dream has come true here in Jerusalem. And we are already doing a 90-second response um, by our medics, paramedics and doctors in the city of Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, and other major cities across the country. That's incredible. At worst, and you know, I'm saying at worst, which is uh, partially of, of a pun, because we're still able at worst to hit a three-minute average response time any part of Israel, which is well uh, beyond the capabilities of ambulance service, both in Israel and abroad. So when we talk about having that immediate community response, or community-based response, neighbor helping neighbor on a medical professional level, Ellie's dream is happening and the growth will continue that we're able to then provide this to every community in every corner of the country. And in Ellie's own words, now they'll have to find a different reason to think he's crazy. Because this, <laughs> this one he was able That's to come, to, yeah, come through and, on this one. And the 90 seconds, they're, they're reaching the emergency by ambulance or by motorcycle or bicycle every day there's a new idea that's brought to us but essentially one of the beautiful things i've learned from ellie and united hatsala is the answer might not yet exist but we're going to find out how to create a newer better out of the box solution to any problem in our arena of medical emergencies so right now yes we have people who literally run to calls so we have certain areas wow. of ramadgan or the borsa the diamond district the people have knapsacks and run between the buildings <sighs> we have areas wow. in old city of jerusalem tel aviv where people are going on mountain bike or now our new unit of uh, electric bikes actually responding with all the medical equipment that you would need to stabilize and save a life obviously most people know about the ambu-cycles, the emergency ambulance motorcycles that Ellie uh, Beer and United Hotel started 11 years ago when the organization started, and that has become a staple in Israel and other countries now have gone to replicate that as well. So these are different ways. We just actually were outside and maybe people will see a picture, yeah. uh, uh, an ambu-tractor, which we have these pre-placed ambulances that are tractor off-road vehicles throughout the country, ready for the people who will need assistance off-road or hard-to-reach places that a traditional ambulance 
or even motorcycle or car cannot reach. Right, so getting by getting down the mountains, slopes, correct, to the beach. Correct, and actually, it's many of us, us, the English speakers, either the ones who are here visiting for the holidays, the Chagim, uh-huh. the students here for the for their year of abroad, or maybe the summer programs, or actually the the Anglo's for the first time after making Aliyah want to do this wonderful tiul and don't expect it to be as challenging or, or, or um, complicated. And uh-huh. a lot of those people have those medical emergencies or those injuries along the way. One, one quick example, recently during the holidays during Sukkot, we were showing people from uh, the U.S. how we save lives in our dispatch center, which is here in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And as we were standing in the room, someone was injured right by Masada, right by Engedi, on one of the hikes over there. Okay. Okay. We're, li- we're listening to develop in front of us. Ultimately, what happened was one of the ibexes. Okay. Ibex is like a like a deer on steroids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Huge antlers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's called yeah. Yeah. I think it's an ibex. Yeah. Yeah. So. L. Yeah. L in Hebrew. Okay. Um, essentially, knocked one of these very large boulders. Oh my goodness. Uh, if everyone could see your eyes <laughs> open up right now, and what oh. occurred is the boulder came flying down the hill past the very large sign that says "Be careful of the ibex." And the boulders, and then unfortunately struck someone oh my God. and severely injured them. Are they so, okay? as this is going on, obviously the first thing we look to see is which of our responders are very close to there. And there's no motorcycles anywhere near it because it's off road. As this is going on, and as our technology is notifying via cell phone and an app that we all carry, we get a phone call. There's a tour guide mm-hmm. who has a, a group on that same TUL who professionally is a tour guide, but a volunteer of ours. And he had his medical wow. equipment, and he was on that path, and he had his 90-second response and was able to treat and stabilize the patient until ultimately the IDF, the air uh, rescue unit of Sheshesh Tesha 669 came and then flew the patient out to the hospital. Oh, wow. So having our volunteers spread out through the country and many times being at the wrong place at the right time saves uh, lives daily in this country. Yes, hashkacha, like real divine power. Absolutely. Divine intervention. Amazing. Um, I was going to ask you, (laughs) what's the most memorable story from working in uh, Hatzalah? That sounds like a great story, but is there another one that's more personalized to you? Um, I don't really do well with personal, but uh, um, I would say that a good... a, the nice story I like to share is, um, I think it was this Pesach, I was putting the kids to bed, and I get a frantic knock on the door, and one of our, my neighbors, who I do the smile, and I, since I went to Yeshiva University, I know how to do like the, the Jewish guy nod and smile, but then don't talk, you know that? You don't know what I'm talking about. From New Jersey, New right. York. Yeah. yeah, same thing. And with that, um, I recognize this person, but I, I don't know who they are. And I actually couldn't place her. Ends up being she was a neighbor from across the street, frantically screaming in fast Hebrew, saying, my mom, she's not moving, something's wrong with her. I said, okay, I'm going to go get my stuff, call our dispatch 1221, which is our emergency dispatch here in Israel, and we'll all start responding. I get my shoes, I get my keys, I tell Shoshana I'm running out, she now has to do bedtime, so she's happy about that. And in the meantime, the mom wasn't at the apartment, but she was at the bus stop across, around the corner. So it was actually right after the first night of Pesach. Yeah. The mom was from Netanya. They were getting her back on a bus to go back home. She lives by herself. And she was in the car, and all of a sudden she stopped responding while in the car outside 
the bus stop. And then what did happen is I got there right away with a few other responders from Hatzalah. We started treating her and very quickly we recognized that she was having a stroke. Mm. Wow. Continued to care for her and we had a paramedic who actually lives in the north in Carmiel. Mm -hmm. Actually is a New York native, actually originally did army service in the U.S. before making Aliyah here and works in the healthcare uh, field here in Israel and is a volunteer paramedic for United Hatzala. So he's from the north, but it was in Beit Shemesh for the holiday. He responded and provided advanced medical care. Wow. When the first ambulance arrived, there was no paramedic on that ambulance from the National Ambulance Group. So he actually went on the ambulance and continued to provide care to the hospital. We gave notification, had a team of neurologists waiting for us to arrive. Yeah gave over the report, and within a few hours, the patient was advi advised by the neurologist that they were having a massive stroke and got emergency interventional treatment. Wow. Essentially, they put a tube all the way up to her brain to open a blockage. Oh Fast God. forward a little bit, I, I'm not so wonderful telling stories, but <laughs> the, the next morning I see the daughter outside, I recognize her now, and I say to her, How's your mom? How's everything? She goes, we don't know if she's going to live. The doctors and neurologists have only given her a 50% chance of survival. They try to wake her up after this procedure, and she was very combative and confused, and that's a very strong indication that she might not live, and there's these significant problems. I, w I wished her, you know, I told her a daven for her mom, and went on throughout my day. About three hours later, about 10.30 in the morning, I got a message I gave her my business card, so if you need anything, please let me know. Yeah. About 10.30 uh, in the morning, she sends me a, me a message in Hebrew. A miracle has happened. My mom has opened her eyes, and now she's talking. Obviously, how did we know she was having a stroke? Because her speech was slurred. She wasn't able to move one side of her body. And by this procedure, after being identified and re rapidly treated and transported by us, we were able to uh, get that effect of the stroke reduced or actually removed. Uh -huh. So the mom woke up and the daughter sent me this message. So that made my day. And you think That's like, amazing. and now thinking about Pesach and thinking about Dayenu, I thought that was enough for me. Yeah. Fast forward now to the last day of Pesach, Shavisho Pesach. Uh -huh. I'm walking down the street to Shul. All of a sudden I get the frantic wave from across the street, the same, same woman. woman who now is almost family to me because we see each other so often, and she yeah. walks across the street with another woman she's walking with. Is it the mother? I get closer, and it's the mom who literally oh, was nearly yes. dead a week earlier, spent four days in the neuro, neuro ICU, was well enough to be released right before the end of Chag. Yeah. I looked at this woman who's now standing, talking, walking by herself. A walking miracle. And I said, to, I said to her, I said, Safta, how are you feeling? She goes, I'm a little tired. I was like, that's a good thing. I'm also a little tired. But, yeah. And that was something that, that I can definitely say the mission and vision and, and dream of Eli Beer and United Sala uh, has come true. Wow. If you were to sum up your favorite part of working in Hatsala, how would you take that experience? And I'm sure everybody right now has chills. I definitely have chills after that story. So what, how would you describe your favorite part about working in Hatsala? If you could put it into one or two words. One or two words. Uh, I would say the daily ability to see the effect of what this organization does. Wow. The life-saving ability, very quickly, while Eli Beer, when he started this group, 
and Hatsala back in 1989. It was after being a volunteer for a year and a half on an ambulance service before he started Hatsala and never had that opportunity to save anyone's lives. Think about, I think of myself as a 15-year-old doing this in New Jersey. Imagine week after week trying to help and always showing up late, always never having the opportunity yeah. to save anyone's life. And here, now, you literally see that you know, your ROI, your, your return on your investment, you give the time, you give the energy, yeah. the donors give the funds, and between the two, daily, people have their lives saved. And then when you meet them, right. we had an a experience in Boca where we had exactly that occur. A bike was donated from Boca, it was done at the hotel with the Bar Mitzvah boy, amazing experience. Sick within six months, that motorcycle and that defibrillator saved a man here in Jerusalem who at the Perm Suda wanted a cardiac arrest. Wow. You're talking about the wrong the wrong wrong time, right place. How did it happen there? Like many of us, who was gonna drive the car at the Suda? Who was gonna drink so, he, so the wife so the wife said, I'm gonna take the minivan. He said, you know what? I'm not gonna drink, but I'm gonna take my motorcycle just in case there's an emergency where we're gonna be. And literally on the street where he was with the motorcycle, this to. young father passed out, his heart stopped, and because he was there with this bike donated from Boca, he was able to save this father's life. And literally within 30 days, right before Pesach Seder, the whole family was back together at that house with the responders, with the equipment from Boca, for a Sudah to thank for the ability to save lives, because his life was saved by that, that donation. So on that note, in terms of uh, donations, Hatzala runs on donations. Completely. So, completely. So everyone listening right now, they're thinking, hmm, I have some Sudaka money that uh, they want to send over. How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. So uh, we have a website and we have the ability uh, to take donations in any currency and give receipts and uh, tax deductible receipts in uh, local, if it's uh, in Europe, if it's UK, US, Canada, or Israel. Yeah. And uh, our website is israelrescue.org. So www.israelrescue.org. And also when we, you were giving me a tour, you brought me to a room where you uh, you bring groups. So when families are coming here and they're looking for, you know, they're here for their son's bar mitzvah, they're here for their daughter's bat mitzvah, they're here for a yantiv, for a family simcha, they want to come do some chesed. So you have the ability that they can uh, come visit United Vatsala? Absolutely. We love to share what we're doing and how we're doing it with visitors from abroad. And when they're here for the holidays or for a family occasion, either pre-visit, we could uh, describe and connect and even make a campaign. We do many mitzvah campaigns with bar mitzvah boys and bar mitzvah young women who actually could go ahead and with their own network, friends and family, build a campaign they could again then get others to support that will then ultimately save lives in Israel. Yeah. And when they come here for the for the year or for these events, we always would love to bring groups through and show how we're saving lives and find them a meaningful way to connect. So I could give my personal email address as well for people you can, who like definitely, that. Definitely, and I'll uh, tag them. Okay, awesome. So uh, it's shy j s h a i j at israelrescue.org, and that's my direct uh, email. And I'm more than happy uh, to, to share uh, our mission, vision, and life-saving capabilities with the world. Well, I wish you tremendous success with United Hatzala and uh, saving lives on a daily basis. Hopefully, uh, we wouldn't need to, you know, everyone should just be healthy. Amen. But, uh, but the beauty is that you could become a volunteer with us as well, meaning we have the ability, and we look for this, yeah. for people who are professional, are people persons, people yeah. who have the ability to take initiative 
and, and go after things and uh, be lifesavers. So we train people from A to Z to become EMTs yeah. internally here. And then we then provide them with all the medical equipment. And even for those who are professionals, family, learning, working, in between all those life events, we're asking just for 15 minutes snippets of time throughout their day, throughout their okay. week, in their own community of where they are to save lives. Okay, so back to a little bit. I know you don't do personal. Yeah. But you do, you are an Aliyah advocate. Absolutely. I'm assuming, because you did move here twice. And Absolutely. And now you're here to stay. So what is your Aliyah advice to people that are thinking about? First, listen to your wife. That's the best advice I could give, because most of the time, your spouse is going to be, be correct and... and Go with their gut because they, a lot of times, are no better than you when it comes to these things. I would say that um, trying to be a practical, a pragmatic person, a lot of times conflicts with people's day-to-day uh, -day life here in Israel. But I think if you can connect either with the religious side of things and say, you know what, Israel's the right place because uh, you know, that's what it says in the Torah and it's holy and that's where we should be and that's where we should move. That does it for certain people. Yeah. But I could say that many people have a hard time connecting with that. So I think the second way that at times I, I connect with it is by saying, you know what? There's going to be challenges wherever you are. Where are you going to have your daily challenges? Yes, they might be more extreme. Yes, they might truly, uh, you, know, you know, it might be more than, I can't believe there's eight people in front of me in Dunkin' Donuts in the drive-thru. Because I, you know, I used to complain about those things. Huh. But... Um, now it's more like there's 800 people in front of you at Mr. Adapanim or the bank and then they close the, well, like they ask what you want. But I would say that we're all part of the process and I see it even here at Atzala over the last two years, the energy and daily effort by, by Ellie Beer and the leadership to have this organization grow and become more professional and do more. I see the country as a whole having that experience. So over the last 10 years, I think Israel continues to do amazingly leaps and bounds as far as improving um, what's going on in the country, from infrastructure to maybe some less less bureaucracy. Obviously, Nefesh Benefesh is a great resource, and they do amazing work. Incidentally, the first time we came, there was no uh, right, Nefesh Benefesh. Yeah. And I would say something else as my last last personal thing that I'll share is... Uh, <laughs> I need to get to the more personal Oh, there's questions. another... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, then I'll keep it until, until you ask the next question. Okay, so then that was your Aliyah advice, but what's your favorite part about living here? I, it sounds sort of corny, uh, but I would say my favorite part about being here is seeing my wife and how happy she is, uh -huh. which then obviously has such a positive effect on me and the family. And, well, she is quite public in her opinions and her her views and many people follow her on some social media platform either her personal or professional side you can give her a shout out um, so how can people follow her oh um, so Shoshana or Skijask as she's known or Chochmat uh, Nashim is her nonprofit organization that she also uh, helped fo uh, found and she's one of the the uh, women who run that organization great group and they can be found obviously on the web and social media um, or warrior with a pen is her own personal blog she writes as well uh, Jerusalem Post this is too much about my wife Jerusalem Post she also writes for one of the monthly publications over in the UK as well you're like okay this, I'm is, not... a, this is a very proud husband right yeah. now yeah like she's my she's the Wonder Woman literally as far as her advocacy and her her 
stake in Israel and the Jewish people and women in Israel and in Judaism, I think, is significant. So I would say um, the best part of being here is seeing her and the children, how we've grown. So That's great. Ten years ago is not where we are today, and I just look at it as a continued path of, of evolution, of being become Israeli or become... Um, That's amazing. Growing up here in Israel. So on that note, do you have a specific place in Israel that you can call your Israel happy place? And you're obviously, United Hatzalah. Obviously. There's no question. Um, I would say there's two happy places. I think there could be a holy happy place, like okay. a Kedushah, obviously something very special of either going in New Shleim or even the Old City or the Kotel. Uh -huh. Or people go up to Harbait, and and that is very, very uh, special and very, very, I would say, you know, could be a happy place. I think also, for me, I somehow also connect to the ocean, uh -huh. and being able to be a place where it's quite quiet, which for me translates to being without my children, and um, being able to just be there with Shoshana, seeing a sunset. Because that's actually one of my first memories of actually in Tel Aviv with her before we got married. And Beautiful. reconnecting to that and seeing the sunset uh, over the ocean is a great place to be. Beautiful. Well, I, I wish you continued success in United Hatzalah. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. Thanks so much. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tovan. Thank you, Shai. Again, that's Shai Jaskal of United Hatzalah. TovanIsrael.com. Tovan Israel on Facebook, where you could find all of what she does. Um, on both platforms, on Facebook and online. If you'd like to contact her, you know, find her on her website. If you have any interview ideas, sometimes she uh, she's open to hearing from what her fans want to hear. So find her at tovanisrael.com and continue following there and on Facebook for all the wonderful things that she sheds light on in the land of Israel. We have uh, just about a half hour left to bite size. Kick it over to some music. We'll wrap things up. On Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network.
כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח רק יגיע קשת כולנו חברים כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח כבר רוצה להגיע מחכה לחברים
Sometimes in my tears I drown But I never let it get me down So when negativity surrounds I know someday it'll all turn around Because all my life I've been waiting for I've been praying for For the people to say That we don't want to fight no more There'll be no more war And our children will play One day, one day Souls of the innocent, blood transparent, keep on moving though the water stay raging. In this maze, you can lose your way, your way. It might drive you crazy, but don't let it face you. No way, no way. Sometimes in my tears, I drown, but I never let it get me down. So when negativity surrounds,
שלא יבוא כרידו, לכל הכבוד הטוב אתה 
מכשירי של אבות בלי לחצים אפשר ללמוד הכל יהיה פשוט מאוד אחרת איך אפשר לשרוד את החיים שלך תתחיל לקחת הקלות מה זה כסף אך בלי יושר אין לו משמעות עצור לחשוב לפני שתאחר את הרכבת הילדים גודלים ומה נשאר רק המזכרת תגיד להם איזו מילה טובה ותחבק יש רגעים שבשבילם תתנתק ניסית ניסית שלא עשית את הכל רצית בנית בנית מה שלא ראית איך שהזמן עובר כאן ולא יחזור שוב לאחור שאתה כל הזמן רוצה להספיק הכל פשוט תזכור דספסיטו את החיים שלך בדספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו בכל הקווה זה טוב אתה מבוא דספסיטו את החיים שלך בדספסיטו כל דבר בזמן שלא יבוא קרידו בכל הקווה זה טוב אתה And that will do it for us here on Bite Size and the Nachum Siegel Network. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Check us out on the uh, on your smartphones. I think most of you all have smartphones by this time. If you don't, that's fine. That's cool. I get it. Totally fair. But if you have a smartphone and if you're listening online at your desktop or if you're like, hey, I wish I could listen to this later on in the subway or on my commute, you can. Download the NSN app. Your Google Play Store, your App Store on your iPhone, and you could catch all of our content while on the run. It's Avrami's live lunch coming up in uh, just a few seconds after I finish up my wrap-up. So thank you all for tuning in. I'd like to wish you all a good day and remind you that the bite size is always, 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 it's always the right size.